When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. This is Lori and Julia, My Talk 107. One, uh, streaming live always and podcasting. You can listen to us anywhere, anytime you want. And we are delighted. Um, we are celebrating My Talk. Um, My Talkers uh, love local businesses and just, just mention people that support our community, our inner community that we want you guys to do business with and hear more about how they do business. And we're so delighted because we've got a friend of our show, Eric Redlinger, with Cobra Banker Realty with us. And Eric, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? We're good. We're, We're good. good. We haven't talked to you in a while. So so we know, you know, real estate is really interesting this year because the inventory has been historically low. So when the homes do come up on the market, there's a lot of action around that home. Tell us some of the things that you see people doing where um, that, you know, might be some mistakes people are making and leaving too much money on the table. Because I know we've talked a lot about that in the past. Yeah, that, that's a great point. With a hot market like this, everyone's like, oh, well, I had eight offers, I had nine offers, I had 12 offers. Uh, but I see a lot of people making a big mistake by just taking the offers that they get and then picking the best one out of those. Uh, I kind of equate it to like the Rocky movies when Rocky gets knocked down and it looks like it's all over and then he gets back up. You have to do that exact same thing with your offers and call every agent back that has an offer that's in contention and be like, Hey, you know, call your people. Do you, do you want to lose the house for five grand? Do you want to make a little bit more money? And people don't know what they're going to do or what they accept until they get punched in the face for the lack of a better term. It's like once they have to make a decision, they can make a decision and say, okay, well, yeah, I, I, I guess I will have my offer. And I see a lot of people losing money because of that. And it also goes down to how you're pricing your property in this market where you know you're going to get a lot of competition. So you think, do you kind of think in general people are pricing their homes too, too inexpensively? Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you're getting offers that are $30,000 over list price, yeah, you've, you've most certainly left money on the table because most people will not offer $30,000 over what uh, your, your property is. If someone was going to offer 30, you probably could have had a much better chance of getting more money if you priced it for $30,000 over whatever that number was. Now, the market is going to dictate what you need to be at, mm -hmm. but what it's going to do is it's going to set that expectation. If you say, okay, I expect my house to sell for X, and if the first three or four days you don't get any showings, you can drop the price down there. But when people come and look at your house afterwards, you're going to be like, aha, 
Well, they were at 270. Now they're at 260. So I better put my offer closer to that, uh, that, that, that two, you know, over that 260 mark because they believe it's worth 270. Kind of like if you're in like a thrift shop and you see a really expensive pair of shoes, like Manola Blonics, you're like, these are $1,500 shoes, but they're 500 bucks. You're like, this is a heck of a deal. So you grab them, you walk up to the cashier and you're like, yeah, I'm about ready to buy them. And someone's like, I'll give you 50 bucks more than that. And so then cashier sells it to someone else for $50 more. So the store was like, well, I got 550 for it. Where if they would have priced it properly at 750, that's still a heck of a deal. Someone would have come in and done it. They just left that amount of money on the table, even though they perceived that they got a good deal. So you need to make sure that your agent's going to be in there and fighting for you. I've had agents call me and say, or actually send me an email and said, oh, if we had to call everyone back, that would have just taken too much time. I'm like, well, that's exactly what your job is to do. Your job, you're legally binded and obligated to get your seller the most money for their property. And if you're not doing certain things, you're not getting that money for them. It almost feels like you have to be kind of, um, there's a bit of mind reading. You have to be a fortune teller. Well, you have to know the market. You have to know the market. And I know that is something that you and know your job. Yeah. You really take pride in that. You know, a lot of areas. Cause I feel like in the couple of experiences I've had when I've gone with a realtor, that's just local to that market. They just do that market. I feel like the onus is more like they just want to add another sale and not, they're just kind of, I don't know, they're not being good fortune tellers. Yeah, and, and fortune teller is a great example of it. I mean, you don't quite know what's around the next bend, and so you have to you know, use all the information you have. And there's so many sources out there for all this information to come in there, but to actually know what that information means. And then to also be in the marketplace and know what's, you know, the great quote by Wayne Gretzky is I was like, well, I was past the, I always knew where the puck was going. It was putting the puck ahead of there. And that's what we're doing with this market is if you're pricing it on everything that sold three months ago, you're going to be way below where the market is. You need to know what the market is right now. I had a property up in Fridley. I mean, the, the house five doors down was a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage house. And it sold for 240,000. I had a one bedroom, uh, I'm sorry, a one bath, one car garage, three bathroom house, and we listed it for 270. We dropped it to 260. We sold it for 263. Why? Did we sell it for $23,000 more than a house with more bedrooms, more right. bathrooms, and everything else? Because we knew what the market was. Well, this is why, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Eric Redlinger. Um, he is a realtor with Cobalt Banker Realty and and we've worked with you, Eric, and it's just, um, you know, it's nice because I do think you really need a partner in your realtor and you really want to make sure someone knows what's going on in the market and so much. And I know you work with, you know, David at First Equity and some of our other friends mm-hmm. um, through my talk and we've known you for a long time. A lot of things that are going on. I mean, and you kind of mentioned it a couple of times about divorce during quarantine and knowing your assets and splitting your assets. I We don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but. How does that all work out? That's that, that's a great example. You're seeing a lot of quarantine divorces and a lot of people not wanting to move because they need to know what's going on with their assets. Um, the biggest thing I can say about your real estate asset is that when your real estate asset is divided up, they do not 
take in consideration any cost of selling. So if they take a look at um, your 401ks or your retirement programs, they're going to look at those assets and they're going to say, okay, this is what your taxable rate is going to be on in XYZ years, and they're going to give you a credit for that. But any cost that you have with selling your property, you're not going to get that credit for it. So let's say you're at a you know, $500,000 house and you're going to have a typical selling commission of 6%, that's $30,000. You won't get any credit for that in your divorce, um, balancing the books for, for lack of a better term. So knowing exactly what your real estate is right now makes a, a, a big decision, um, you know, three, four, five years down the road where it could cost you, you know, a considerable amount of money as far as your settlement's concerned. I would have never thought of that. I mean, that's a big one to know about because I know some people are thinking about this right now. And I think that one would have been left on the table. And that's a big chunk of money. It's a huge chunk of money. And specifically when you're talking about real money, if I walked up and gave you a $30,000 check. (laughs) uh, I take it. (laughs) I take it. And I'd sign the back and cash it really quick, Eric. Exactly. You'd be joining Lori in Hawaii. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, we want to. how much how much hand holding does a real estate agent do realistically? As much as need be. Okay. You know? Everyone has their different levels, but you know, I would say I don't want anyone to make a decision that they're not one hundred percent comfortable with. Because it's too much money, it's too big of a decision. And and I need to do a really good job, or otherwise no one's going to recommend me to the next person. So I want to make sure every person that I work with is happy and smiling at that closing table, and they know exactly what they, uh, you know, are doing in every single part of a real estate transaction. And that's some such, people want more hand holding, some right. people want less. And that's such an exciting time sitting down at that table oh, and set, doing your paperwork this is and my stuff. House. Or you just sold your house. And right. Look at what we got. That is an exciting time. So with, do you see the market loosening up a little bit? Or what are you, what are you kind of thinking? I know that, you know. Be a fortune teller. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put on my uh, uh, genie hat, hat uh-huh, here. Do it. And I'm going to rub my temples. And okay. what I'm going to see is I think we're going to see a lot of the same. I don't think we're going to see a huge jump in inventory. One of the things that we have laying on the horizons is a lot of these uh, houses that are in forbearance. Forbearance is just a fancy term for you didn't have to pay your mortgage for four or five or six months, depending on your bank. And some people are coming out of that perfectly fine, but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to have to pay that money back and not be able to. And so we're going to see probably the return of something called the short sale, which all short sale means is they're short on equity. It might take a little bit longer to get the property, but they've really tightened up the short sale process, and most short sales can get done in 45 to 60 days, uh, where before it was I had one in the foreclosure crisis that took almost a year. So it's been sped up a lot over over the period of time here so just how you even described that i never knew what a short sale was and i loved how you just made that so simple to understand well that's what i try to do i know i I like that a lot um okay so we um want to know what else is happening in your life how are the kids what's happening in my life Uh the kids are doing great we actually just had um conferences with my uh, daughter Ray and surprised me. She was getting good grades, A's in all of her classes, which really shocked me. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that 
that that that distance learning has been working. It seems like it's more like pulling teeth sometimes, but uh, it, it's 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 good to see. Oh, that's good so to nice. See that. That's so good. All right, so and then yeah. I'm, of course I'm trying to. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, and of course I'm, you know, I was thinking about maybe trying to get a ski trip in here or there. I who doesn't want to do that? All right, so tell people how to get a hold of you, Eric. Uh, best way is just give me a call. My phone number is six one two 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 nine one one. Three zero, or of course, on the my talk keyword, Eric, and uh, I'll get back to you real quick. Wonderful, thanks, Thank Eric. I know it's so nice to All talk right, to you and catch up.